Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. Today is the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson speak on Luke 18:9. As you listen, see if you can answer these questions. The questions, one, what are some things that can skew our perception of reality? Two, why was there tension in the room with Jesus and the so-called faithful Jews? And three, what does it look like to be right with God? The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Increase our sight, O God, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How much light do you perceive? Of the entire length of the electromagnetic spectrum, humans can only perceive a very, very minute sliver that we call visible light. Below this tiny sliver is the infrared and radio spectrum. Above our tiny sliver of visible light is ultraviolet, x-rays, and gamma rays. Our scriptures tell us that God is light and that God dwells in unapproachable light. So we are limited in our perception of God, who is light, but our vision of reality is limited in many other ways as well. There's a humorous story around my extended Hudson family. A number of years ago, my cousin Dennis, who is about 12 years older than I am, was preparing yet again to renew his driver's license. He went down to the DMV to dutifully fill out the required form. He set to work writing in the correct information, checking all the right boxes. Height, 5 foot 9 inches. Eye color, hazel. Hair color, blonde. Once finished, he waited in line for his turn, eventually handing over the form to the woman behind the counter. As she inputted the data, at one point, 
She paused to briefly look up at my cousin quizzically before continuing on with the form. Dennis thought that her look was a bit odd, but he quickly dismissed it. It was a couple weeks later when Dennis was scheduled for his cataract surgery. After recovering from surgery, Dennis walked into his bathroom and looked into the mirror for the first time and shouted out, Oh my God, my hair's not blonde, it's white! (laughs) It was no wonder that the DMV employee had looked at him so strangely the previous day. She must have looked at his checked box for blonde hair and looked up at his white hair and thought, Some people can sure be vain, can't they? Well, along with Dennis, along, Den, uh, all along, Dennis had been thinking that the signals his eyes had been receiving from the world around him and passing on to his brain was an accurate representation of reality. He didn't know that the lenses of his eyes were just cloudy enough to alter his perception. There are many things that can alter our perception of reality cataracts being one of them. Mental and physical illness can also alter how we perceive things around us. Having a trusting relationship shattered with betrayal can end up altering our perception of all relationships. There are many examples you see in this life of things that can skew our understanding of truth and reality. None of us ever fully see anything with absolute clarity. Jesus told a story in today's gospel about a skewed reality, about not perceiving things clearly. In the room with him that day were many faithful religious Jews. These individuals freely attended weekly synagogue services. They participated in daily times of prayer Being ceremonially clean, according to the law of Moses, enabled them this privilege. They were allowed free access to every function of religious life. Because of this, they were seen as good, faithful, practicing Jews. But because these faithful, practicing Jews were not the only ones in the room with Jesus that day, there was tension in the air. There was also, you see, one or two Greeks or Romans that were present. There were also some Jews in the crowd who, because of maybe an issue of blood or a sore on their skin or having recently buried a relative, had been rendered ceremonially unclean. These people, you see, were also in the room, along with the good, faithful, practicing, regularly attending Sabbath services Jews. There were also people there, because of their vocation, were seen as quite disreputable. This vast menagerie was the reason for the tension in the room. While Jesus could read clearly the faces of the faithful practicing Jews there, some of them appeared a bit uncomfortable around those kind of people. Some of these faithful Jews even looked downright disgusted. As a result of Jesus' observations, the gospel reading begins this way. 
He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. So this was the setting that day in a room in Palestine where some good practicing Jews and many others who were less desirable gathered. But things are really not very different today. Let me give you an example from the Catholic Church and the Episcopal Church. Within Catholicism, there is a distinction between practicing Catholics and lapsed Catholics. A lapsed Catholic may be someone who doesn't adhere to all the Catholic teachings because, quite frankly, they don't agree with some of them. Some of these lapsed Catholics may not be attending church regularly or going to confession or not tithing their income, and there are various reasons why they don't do these things. Some reasons may be quite legitimate and very understandable. Well, how about the Episcopal Church? Well, we refer to some individuals as being communicants in good standing. These are individuals who are allowed to hold certain offices in church and to vote in the annual church meetings. They are individuals who have received Holy Communion in the Episcopal Church at least three times in the previous year. They have faithfully attended corporate worship unless they were hindered for good cause. Communicants in good standing are those who have been faithful in working, praying, and giving for the spread of the kingdom of God and our financial contributors to the parish. But there are others who attend in an Episcopal parish who are not communicants in good standing. They may not attend services regularly, either in person or virtually. They may not be contributing financially or serving in some parish ministry. And there may be some good reasons why some individuals do not do these things. I suppose it is possible that in all the Catholic and Episcopal churches in this country of ours, there may be some good, faithful, practicing individuals who just might possibly look down on others who they perceive to be less faithful. So in some ways, the Christian church today may not be very different than how the Jewish religion was practiced a couple thousand years ago. There may be some good practicing Christians in church who, sadly, look a bit uncomfortable around some others who may show up in church. And there may be some good practicing Christians who are almost a little disgusted to find that that kind of a person is in my church. So what does all this have to do with our perception of reality? Jesus told a story that day about a Pharisee and a tax collector in the temple. Jesus said, The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. To the people Jesus was speaking to, hearing of a Pharisee praying in the temple would have been quite natural and something to expect. But I believe they were taken aback when Jesus placed a tax collector in the story, 
also praying. You see, Jesus gave the story an unexpected ending, a shocking twist. Here's how he closes the story. I tell you, this man, the tax collector, went down to his home justified rather than the Pharisee. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Pharisee in this story had an altered perception of reality. This story raises a question. What does it look like to be right with God? In the story, those who look down on others are not justified by God. They are not living in a right relationship with God. Now, I think it's safe to say that very few of us might tend to look down on others, but there's a whole lot more to this story. If we look more closely at this Pharisee, the root cause of his problem was that he did not see things clearly. He did not understand clearly what it looked like to be right with God. Just like the story of my cousin Dennis, who had a skewed vision of reality, this devout, faithful Jewish Pharisee was not seeing things clearly. His religious upbringing and training had apparently clouded his vision of reality. The reality of his condition before God and the reality of the standing of others before God. It is a known fact that those very practices that are meant to draw us closer to God, religious training and education and liturgy, those things that are meant to help us understand ourselves and others and God better, to love ourselves and others and God better, sometimes end up doing the very opposite thing. You see, sometimes those who look and behave most like what we think a Christian should look like and behave like are in reality farther from God than other individuals who may not look or act in ways that we think a Christian should look like or act like. They may look a bit disheveled. Their language may be a bit off color and, quite frankly, sometimes rough. They may be pierced and tattooed. But you see, in the depths of their heart, some of these individuals, their hearts beat in tune with the heartbeat of God. So how do we strive to see things as clearly as possible? To see ourselves as clearly as possible, to see others and God as clearly as we possibly can. Well, I could give you some trite, shallow answer like, read the Bible more and pray more and go to church more. There you go, I'm done. (laughs) But I don't think that alone is the answer. The Bible and prayer and church are obviously good things for us. But some Christians who faithfully practice these activities on a regular basis Sometimes they aren't much different than this religious leader in Jesus' story. So how do we improve our perception of reality? I think Father Richard Rohr was onto something when he talked about how transformation of our lives occurs, how clarity and vision comes to us. I believe that maybe it comes through an encounter with suffering, and or great love. 
Those who have suffered in this life have the potential of being broken. And brokenness brings with it humility, which opens us to the transforming work of God within us. Also an encounter with great love, a love that resonates and resounds with a pure light of the love of God can transform us. In John's gospel, Jesus said this, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Amen. The questions, one, what are some things that can skew our perception of reality? Two, why was there tension in the room with Jesus and the so-called faithful Jews? And three, what does it look like to be right with God?